0: So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the first quarter of the drive phase. I'm Lachlan Davy. I'm here with my dad, Ken Davy. This podcast is a section on our website under Catch Connection Videos, uh, the subheading subhead- first quarter of the drive phase about halfway down the page. So when we're talking about the first quarter of the drive phase, what do we mean, Ken? Well, it's a critical part of the rowing stroke. Often we'll find that
1: athletes and coaches will be very keen to push as hard as they can with their legs as soon as they think the blade's in the water. You've got to actually get the blade into the water first and wait for that connection. And what happens, particularly in small boats, is if you push really hard at that first point of connection when you're barely connected, then that amount of force you're applying to the foot stretch is actually going to slide the boat down. So it's very important to make sure that when you're in the drive, in the drive phase in that first quarter, and by that we really just mean the first quarter of the slide. It's really a very small point, but it's very, very important. The concept is to make sure that your blade goes into the water, connected, well connected, and then pick up the load, and then you essentially move with the speed of the boat and then gradually accelerate through the rowing stroke to the the finish. So the first quarter, if you really stamp on that foot stretcher, then essentially you're going to damage the run of the boat.
0: Yeah, it's probably fair to say that maybe forty or fifty percent of rowers, especially beginner rowers, the first quarter of the drive phase is pure air. They haven't got the blade in the water and it's a, a complete waste and as Ken said, putting putting your feet pressure down on the foot stretcher pushes the boat backwards and if the blade's not connected in the water then you're not going anywhere. So we in our last podcast we talked about the point of connection, which is basically getting the blade connected with the water before the drive phase. So but then Now, this time we're going to be talking about, about what happens after that moment. So assuming you've got the blade in the water um, connected, so placed in the water, buried, connected, um, You know what, what are we really looking for out of that first quarter, assuming we've already got the blade in nicely? Yeah, this
1: might sound a little strange to some, but the first thing you really need to do is to be a bit gentle. If you try and, particularly in a small boat, if you try and push really hard as soon as you're connected, then you're going to damage run. So the difficult part for a lot of athletes is that we ask them to come into the catch relatively controlled, and then we want them to put the blade in really quickly, so it's a fast movement, and then we want them to be a little bit gentle about picking up the load, but pick up the load so that they're, they're not causing slip with the blade moving through the water. Pick up the load and then start to accelerate from that point. So... We've essentially got a relatively slow movement coming into the catch. We've got a quick movement to put it in. Then we've got a quick movement to pick up the load, but it's a very small quick movement of the legs, and it's all about the legs, not the shoulders and arms. And then you pick up the load and accelerate through to the finish. So that first quarter of the drive phase, you've you've almost got to be a little bit gentle and, and wait for the connection. Now, often you'll find some athletes talk about feeling the connection. You can feel the water through the blade. And feeling the water is actually... If you get it done well, it's actually a really good indicator of whether you've got, the, got the, the blade connected and you can pick up the load gently.
0: So when I think about taking taking the first uh, quarter of the drive phase, I'm really trying to separate out uh, a quickness with the legs, so stamping down on the foot stretcher quite quickly uh, from a large effort with the legs. So... When, when we tell people that they need to be very quick with the legs at the catch, a lot of the time they'll think that quick basically means pushing your legs down as hard as possible. And it's a really, um, really aggressive, uh, there's movement, there's no finesse with it. So what we're really talking about is picking the boat up. And at the catch, you're trying to catch the water, catch the run of the boat. So the boat's moving quickly, the blades goes in the water. We're really talking about picking up that load. Uh, not in a fashion that's uh you know very brutish it's more more finesse and a lot a lot more gentle but it's very quick so i think a good uh good tip for telling athletes how to get this properly is to talk about having a quick movement with the legs and but not not a not a strong movement until they get connected so we're talking about quick just to get connected uh, take the weight up of the water, so we've got a good connection all the way from our blade through our through our arms, through our shoulders, body, and into our legs. And then once connected, that's when you really start applying the power, and it's squeezing it, it's sort of picking picking the boat up, um, depending on how fast it's moving. So in a single, you pick it up a bit more slowly. Uh, you, you're still quick with that that initial connection, pushing pushing the legs down quickly to get connected. But then after that, it's a sort of a, a gradual pick up of the weight. Whereas in a in a bigger boat, it's a lot a lot faster. So you have the quick legs, and then it's a really quick drive because uh, the boat moves a lot quicker, and you don't want to get left left behind in a in a larger boat that's moving more quickly. Yeah,
1: it's also an uh, interesting analogy that that Lachlan's used in the past is that it's a bit like pushing a car. Now, if you try and push a heavy immovable object and try and push it quickly to start with then you'll find that all you do is get tired and so in a boat what we're looking to do is to is to gradually accelerate and as the boat gets faster and faster during the rowing stroke you can keep applying more and more power and so the boat will more and more handle speed so the boat will, will go faster if you think about it a slightly different way, You can actually push a wall so if you've got a wall of a building which is totally immovable and you've got no way of pushing it at all you can push hard against that wall for a while and you'll get pretty tired but you've actually achieved nothing as far as moving the wall now in a boat if you get the blade in the water and it's well connected and you try and push really hard then you actually get tired uh, pushing against something that's largely immovable and in a boat, if the blade's well connected, the blade doesn't actually move through the water. The boat moves past the end of the blade. And so you need to make sure that when you're pushing, if you push too hard too early, it's just like pushing a wall or a car and you'll find that you get tired and you use more energy than you need to, which means that you've got less energy to apply to actually moving the boat.
0: Yeah, so so you sort of pick up the slack. If you're pushing that car, you, you start pushing with your hands um, and you sort of take up the slack. You feel the tension all through your body, and at that point, you have two choices. You can either push as hard as possible, like a big explosive, all the effort you've got, uh, movement, and you won't move the car a lot. You'll get tired very quickly, as Ken was saying. Or you can sort, you can take up the slack, push down, but then after you've taken up the slack and you've got the tension in your body, you sort of squeeze and like and push at a more sustained level and then you can get that car moving and you sort of pick it up and it starts to roll and you can move a bit quicker. And that's exactly what happens with the rowing stroke. You place the blade, you get connected quickly and then you take up that load and you lever the boat past that point in the water. And it can't be done all at once. It has to be a sustained constant effort from the catch all the way through to the finish. And because of the way the boat's rigged and geared, it's actually a lot heavier at that point at the catch than it is at the finish or further through the stroke so you really have to think about placing and sort of hanging off that handle taking the tension up not overdoing it because you don't want to waste that energy when it's not going to be useful and then squeeze through with the stroke so sort of a a gradual application of power once you place that blade and that's that's a that's a feel at the catch so you're feeling the water you're feeling the drive you're getting well connected you're not wasting energy and that's going to pay dividends Later in a race, when you're when when you've when you out of energy completely, you don't want to be out of energy 500 metres before the finish line. No, absolutely. You'll find if you practice that technique,
1: I'd suggest practice it and overdo it. So uh, do it, be more gentle than you think you should possibly be at the catch. And you, if you're measuring the speed of your boat, you'll be surprised actually how fast the boat will still go and it will feel easier. Uh, you can there's a significant difference in the feeling of pushing too hard and not pushing that hard at all at the catch and you'll find that the boat speed is not much different but you've got a lot more energy so very important to do the other thing that's important to watch as well which is part of the first quarter of the drive phase if you've missed the connection is you'll find that the blade starts to go into the water as you've already started to push now If this happens then clearly you didn't get the connection right so i go back to the moment of the connection uh, area of the website and and get that bit fixed. One of the things you can feel though in that first quarter of the drive is if you feel that it feels light to start with and then it feels heavy then that's probably a clear indication that you didn't have the blade in the water correctly in the first place. So if the catch feels light and then it feels heavy moments later, then it's probable that you've missed the catch. So just be particularly careful for that sensation because if you feel that, you might think it feels good because it feels light, but in reality you've just wasted a bit of your leg drive.
0: So a couple of common problems that happen during this first quarter of the drive phase, people try to get connected. uh, Instead of by pushing with their legs, they lift with their shoulders and so they open their body up to try and get the blade in the water and they this puts them in a quite a weak position for the rest of the stroke and you sort of it's a it's a way of uh, reducing the effectiveness of the legs so you don't really want to be doing this catch movement this first quarter of the drive with your shoulders with your arms or anything like that some people will grab with their arms at the catch and again this puts them into a compromised position for the rest of the stroke so when you get the blade in the water you want to keep the the body strong you to be sitting up nice and tall maintain that catch position as you came into the catch and then just it's just a little kick with the legs just pushing the feet out a little bit uh just picking up the slack and then once you're connected once you've got a hold of that water um, then then your technique can can start to open up if you're someone who tends to open up a little bit earlier in the stroke that's fine Um, A lot of coaches will advocate uh, using the legs completely, then the body, then the arms. While this is quite useful for teaching beginners how to row, um, some of the fastest rowers have this opening movement with the shoulders uh, once they've connected, like just just after that first quarter of the slide. And the real key here is to be working against your legs. So you need to be driving with the legs and opening with the shoulders at the same time, matching that power and transmitting it through into the oar. You don't want to be opening with the shoulders, you know, have the power off with the legs. Um, the seat so it will sort of move underneath you and, and you won't get connected. So, Absolutely
1: true. And one of the things that uh, I tend to describe the using of the body against the legs movement, so you're trying essentially to push with your legs to push your seat towards the bow of the boat and you're trying with your body to push the seat towards the stern of the boat so you've got all those muscle groups working against each other with all that combined power going through to the oar now I tend to describe for a lot of people the the opening movement as being uncurling from the base of your back so from your lower back so I'd suggest get the legs on, and once you're connected correctly to the water, then you'll find it's really difficult to actually open up your body if you've got the power on with your legs, because you'll find that whilst it feels you're opening your body up, if you video it, you'll see that you're not actually opening your body up at all, you're essentially pushing against your legs with your body and uncurling towards the finish and applying quite a lot of power. Another thing that I've found with, with some athletes is that they like taking the catch with their arms in particular, because... The arms are small muscles, they're capable of quick movements, and they feel connected. It's this mental thing of saying, if you bend your arms at the catch, then you feel connected. You've got that, I'm connected, I'm really connected here. What it does, though, is it means that you're using smaller muscles to get that sense of connection, and that's not as efficient as using the big muscles because essentially you've got your arms competing against your legs to some extent during that first part of the drive phase. And so I suggest... uh, leave the arms straight, leave them just hanging off your off your frame, off your skeleton, because you'll find that then the, that connection between the handle and your body is being done by ligaments and bone. And ligaments and bone don't really use energy compared to the small muscles. So leave them straight uh, and just hang off your frame. You'll find though that when... Uh, athletes get used to this concept of not using their arms at the catch and they use their legs for that quick movement that Lachlan talked about. Blades in the water, connected, quick movement to get solidly connected and then build the power from there. Then I had one particular athlete said to me, but I don't have a catch anymore. I can't feel the catch. I don't feel as though I'm connected. And then about a week later, I got a a message from the same athlete saying, uh, I still don't feel connected, but I'm going faster. I think that's the key: is the connection has to be felt through your legs, not through your arms. Uh, so don't bend your arms at the catch, even though it feels good.
0: Yeah, and and that movement with the legs, that quick, that first quarter of the slide, getting your legs down quickly, that's a very unnatural thing uh, with rowers. They want to put their legs down slowly, and as Ken said, they want to use their upper body, their fast muscles, and their arms and and uh, torso to, to to get connected. And the having the legs move quickly is actually quite a, um, quite an unnatural state for them. So you really have to, as a coach, look to see if the legs are getting connected quickly and going down quickly. And most of the time, probably, you know, 80% of the time, especially with more beginner crews, you'll, you'll have to tell them that their legs are too slow. That movement's too slow in getting connected and picking up the load at the catch
1: but make sure you differentiate that uh, as Lachlan said earlier that that initial movement is quick but often athletes will interpret it as pushing their legs down as hard as they can as quick as they can and you'll find that is actually quite exhausting and also it doesn't help the run of the boat so it's about being quick to get connected that's the important part and then apply the power uh, to accelerate the boat if you're looking for to see if the boat is actually being connected well in that first part of the stroke, then what I suggest you do is from outside of the boat is to have a look at some fixed item on the boat, for example, where the speed coach might be or the logo of the brand of the boat on the side of the boat or the rigger and watch that uh, when you're in a boat or on the bike path alongside and watch how that moves during the stroke in relation to the general environment. And you'll find that, if the athlete kicks the foot stretcher really hard at the catch before they're well-connected, you see the boat appear to move backwards. It appears to slow down. If, on the other hand, they get the blade in and well-connected and then pick up the load, you'll see that the boat doesn't seem to check at all. And so it's, it's a really easy way to, to determine whether the blade's been well-connected. And what I suggest you do both as an athlete and a coach is to ask the athlete to experiment with different techniques uh, firstly perhaps by kicking the foot stretcher as hard as they can as soon as they're connected and then ask them to be really gentle about the catch and observe the differences and ask them to let you know how it feels within the boat. You'll find that then they understand the importance of, of not being too aggressive in that first part of the stroke and waiting for the connection with the water and with the boat. And once they understand that and they feel it, then you'll find that they'll row better. But at the same time, watch for the arms because bending arms or lifting shoulders at the catch is really using the wrong muscles at that particular part of the stroke for the best performance.
0: There's also some good technology that you can use to, to see just how well you're taking the catch, how, how quick it is. And, uh, and it's a thing that we measure with the rowing in motion app that we have <clears throat> called uh, catch slope and catch duration. So basically the catch slope is how quickly you accelerate the boat uh, at the catch so once you get connected how how quickly um, the rate of acceleration at the catch and this is quite useful especially um, once, you, once you've nailed yeah. catch duration and catch duration is from the time the boat starts slowing down in the catch so you come into the catch you start to put a bit of weight on the foot stretch so the boat inevitably slows down um, and then we measure the time from that point where the boat starts slowing down to when the boat starts accelerating again and so this is basically the the time at which you've become effective at getting the boat back up to speed after that slow point at the catch. And so that catch duration is measured in seconds. And and so if you're being quite slow at the catch, so when you place the blade, you've uh, you maybe you're missing some of the water, you're not being effective at getting connected, uh, perhaps your legs are slow, uh, your catch duration will be longer than, uh, than a good athlete that will be there'll be a lot less. So um, it's not uncommon to see even you know quite well, well-seasoned athletes when they're not focusing on their catch to have a catch duration of um, 0.4 or 0.45 of a second. And if you say to that athlete, maybe just focus on your catches or you know get connected a little bit quicker, whatever works, whatever call you make, you'll see that that catch duration will drop uh, almost instantly um, you know, down to, say, you know, 0.35, 0.3 um, catch duration is, is pretty good.
1: It's, it's a very useful measure because and the beauty of being able to see it in the boat is that the athlete themselves can just be rowing along and they can set the, the screen so that it shows catch duration and catch slope and then they can, they can work with changing their technique in order to, to maximise that and they'll very quickly learn because it's a clear visual representation of, of what they're actually doing at the time. Another thing that's, that's frequently an issue for the people who overlook at the catch in that first quarter of the drive is it's very important to have your lower core turned on. And by lower core, I mean essentially below your waist. Uh, you don't want to have your upper body turned on or your arms because then we've got that, that grabbing and that tenseness. And it's important to turn that core on because otherwise you'll find that the seat will move uh, faster than the handle and if the seat's moving faster than the handle it means that you're shooting the slide would be the terminology I would use And so you want to make sure you're not doing that. Oddly enough though if you want to if you have an athlete that's uh, lifting their shoulders at the catch or you're lifting the shoulders at the catch yourself then a, a technique to get rid of that is to actually on purpose shoot the slide. So don't turn your core on and shoot the slide. And you'll find that you're leaving your shoulders behind. There's no real tension in the upper shoulders, in the upper body and the shoulders and the arms because you're shooting your slide. Do that for a few strokes, like 10 strokes. And then I suggest keep the same technique going, except turn your core on. And if you have your core turned on and your core is strong enough, then essentially you can't shoot your slide. And you'll find that their shoulder lift might disappear immediately. So just a bit of a tip for trying to get rid of shoulder lift because a lot of beginner athletes feel that they need to pull the oar rather than push with their feet, and that's a significant difference in technique.
0: Yeah, and so that, that shooting the slide thing, you know, obviously that's not what we want to do as a general technique, but because these people are opening with the shoulders, telling them to shoot the slide brings them back to the, the nice midline you know, where the technique is best, and so, so it makes it. It's, a, it's just a way of tricking the athlete into rowing well. And a lot of the time, we have to do that in rowing. Just push them, try to push them. You know, the, the opposite way to where they are, or f- even further than you know what would normally be necessary. And then they then they come back to the um, to to the right right technique place. Um, one of the one of the other things that happens quite a bit with uh, the first quarter of the drive is. Uh, uh, when coaches become focused uh with backsplash so they're looking at backsplash they're trying to work out if the blade's going in on the way forward if the blade's been placed nicely and um you know ken did quite a lot of work on this um this backsplash front splash thing so maybe it'd be good if you could run us through what the problem was that you had or that you realized you had and how you came about fixing it yeah absolutely very interesting i find that there's uh, There was a school of thought
1: that if the blade went in uh, vertically into the water without backsplash or front splash, or with a bit of backsplash and a bit of front splash, then that was the way a blade should go into the water. And I've heard people talk of this. Essentially, because the blade's way round to the front of the boat, it goes in a little bit like the bow of a boat and it just sort of spears into the water. So it doesn't actually have to have any backsplash or front splash at all. If it's got clear front splash then that means that they're rowing the blade into the water and if you look at the blade going into the water you'll see that it's already moving towards the stern of the boat as it goes in. So with front splash
0: you're talking about water moving towards the stern of the boat?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yes. And and so you can generally see that fairly clearly. Uh, interesting though with backsplash is that you, if the blade goes into the water and pushes water towards the bow then that's what we call backsplash. So there's back of the blade is splashing into the water and clearly that's going to tend to slow a boat down to some extent so best avoid it but but it's not necessarily all that bad compared to picking up the load correctly and applying power. One of the things that I found very interesting though when I filmed it and slowed it down is that you could look at a blade going into the water and it looked like there was front splash and back splash at the same time and when you slowed it down you actually found that the back splash was in fact uh, caused by the front splash so the blade went into the water uh, traveling towards the stern and so it pushed water towards the stern so you could see this this front splash there and then if you look really carefully the backsplash was caused by water falling into the hole behind the blade and splashing back towards the bow so if you didn't look at it very carefully it looked like there was front splash and backsplash at the same time but the reality was the athlete was already pushing with their legs before the blade was in the water, which caused front splash and then water falling into the hole behind the blade caused the splash. So just be a little bit careful about watching what the actual splash is. The ideal is to have no splash and that is possible, but at a high rating in an energetic race, it's pretty difficult to achieve, but it's certainly feasible at, um, at low rate work.
0: And one of the other good things to strive for is getting the blade connected with minimal seat movement at the catch. So it's it's often good to just have a look with your eye, or maybe if you have an app like uh, Coach's Eye, uh, you can draw lines from when the point of connection is, so when the blade blade is in the water and buried, um, and how much seat movement there is. And a lot of times, this will uh, make, be the difference between a crew that's going well and a crew that's, crew that's a bit slower, is how quickly they get the blade in the water and how quickly how quickly that happens before the seat starts to move. So essentially we're talking about not wasting any of that leg drive and, um, yeah, it can be very good to do that. Oh,
1: and you'll find that the seat has to move a little bit uh, depending on the rating and the speed of the boat Then the, the seat will, will move um, maybe up to 8 centimetres uh, and it's important, though, as the seat moves Seats moving as the blade enters the water, that the power's not being applied until you reach that point of connection. Once it reaches that point of connection, then clearly you can you can um, accelerate the boat. If you if the seat uh, moves before the blade hits the water, and you can see that very clearly on a video, then then clearly the point of connection has been missed. But as the blade goes into the water, the seat must move a little bit whilst the blade gets connected. So so you can't get rid of that completely because if you did then you're going to be checking the boat so it's important to watch for so the first quarter of the drive phase it's it's very important and it's over in a, a fraction of a second and so it's a lot of things to think about and so I'd suggest break them up into pieces and, and work on them one at a time a good drill to use if you can if the boat's stable enough or maybe have someone in the boat sit out is to pause or hesitate at the catch and it's not it's not designed as a technique for rowing it's a drill and so when you're pausing at the catch then you can make a conscious decision about how you put the blade in the water how you pick up the load and and what how you're going to accelerate the boat so i would suggest work really in detail on that part of the catch because as i say it's over in a quarter of a second and it's pretty complicated space yeah it'd
0: be very good if you could to get some film of yourself or your crew um, just slow it down go frame by frame just have a look at what's happening at each point for each rower um, and it might be you, you you'll find a lot of things that that could help you around the catch area for example you know as the seat has to move a little bit you want to make sure that they're getting into the catch position well they you know they're getting all the way forward they're not getting uh, caught up because they're inflexible or, or things like that so if you want to have a look at these these videos that we've been talking about today, they're under on our website, uh, members can log in, it's under Catch Connection Videos, about halfway down the, slide, down the page, we're talking about first quarter of the drive phase, um, you can just log in when you head to our website. Uh, if you're not a member, you can sign up for a free membership, we have a one week free trial, um, no credit cards required, you just have to set up some login details for yourself. Uh, although, if you're keen to sign up for a paid membership, that'd be great because it allows us to keep doing, doing these sorts of things. Um, so, till next time.